Creative Studio, Semester 3, Session 5. David Hooper shares how to work with podcast guests. All right, welcome back to the Creative Studio. I'm Josh Rivers, your host from podcastguide.co, and this is the podcast to help you learn and explore how you can start and improve your skills with online content creation. And so content creation is something that we talk about. We've been focusing this semester, semester three, on how to podcast. And so I do hope that you've been enjoying the episode so far. We've had four great episodes, uh, and in this episode, um, we're going to be having David Hooper with us from the Red Podcast. He's going to share his journey from his uh, job in the music business to working in radio to podcasting. And then also he's going to mention his podcast launch strategy and several other great tips about podcasting that he's learned. You can be able to get the show notes for this episode at creativestudio.academy slash three dash five. So I just want to make sure you have that. We'll mention that again at the end of the episode in case you want to look at those and get the links to what we're talking about. And so just before we jump in, we are going, I did want to mention uh, something I mentioned before that if you are in the Oklahoma area, especially Oklahoma City, we are having a podcasting event. It is the Oklahoma Business Podcasting Summit that is on April 25th, so about two weeks away. And... Uh, we're going to be having an all-day event. We're going to open the doors from around 8 o'clock and be going until 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. We're still trying to nail down the exact schedule, uh, but we're getting really close on being able to get that. We have several great guests. Uh, most of us are local, and so I'm going to be speaking at that as well. And so we'll be talking about how to find your target customer or your uh, target um, avatar. And so kind of some of the things we mentioned uh, in a previous episode, but we'll be diving in a little bit deeper into that. And so, but anyway, so uh, the Oklahoma Business Podcasting Summit is on April 25th. You can get more information at okpodsummit.com. Okpodsummit.com. And you can be able to get uh, the information that you need to be able to get that taken care of. And so getting on to the things that we're going to be talking about in this episode and so uh, we talked a couple episodes ago about different show formats. And when we're dealing with different show formats, uh, one of the things that we might be dealing with is podcasting with other people. And so because there's the show, solo show, and then there are uh, a couple different ways that we can be able to have other people on with us. And that's kind of what we're going to talk a little bit about today is having other guests on and so or having a co-host on if it's a regular kind of situation. And so it's good to be able to know how to interact with them. And so it starts with the introduction to setting up the appointment with them and moving to interaction before, during, and after the recording. And so there's several things to try to keep in mind. I'm going to share 10 different tips that I've learned um, through this time just before we get to the interview with David Hooper. And so um, I've been podcasting for over two years. And during that, I've done several different show formats. One podcast, which is the 24 podcast, I had a regular co-host with some other guests from time to time. And so usually it was me and Mark Sievercrop that was on there, but occasionally uh, one of us couldn't make it. So we would bring somebody else on 
as a um, co-host with us. And so we had two guys that we regularly had on, usually about once a month, we would um, bring them on. And so they would share their insights in there as well. And so we definitely enjoyed being able to do that. And it was a great format for that type of podcast. Um, and so we we had those. And so there was uh, one time I was able to get an interview with one of the actors. And so that was really cool. Um, but then uh, for my other podcasts, uh, for um, this podcast, of course, we've had some interviews and some guests on to be able to share their experiences. But then we also, um, or I also have uh, my other podcast, used to be the Creative Stu- uh, No, excuse me. Uh, it used to be uh, the Quality Living Made Simple podcast, which, which is now called the Success Road podcast, uh, which if you haven't checked that out, I would definitely recommend that. And so... Uh, definitely worth checking out. And I got a great email list um, going there, an email series. Um, so you can check that out at successroad, uh, thesuccessroad.com. But anyway, and so on those, I periodically have interviews with people. And so anyway, all that to say that I've been able to get some experience with doing these. And I still make mistakes from time to time. Um, and I've had to learn some of these things the hard way. Uh, but here's 10 tips that I've learned about working with other people and especially uh, dealing with interview guests to be able to come onto your podcast. Number one, don't cold call. Okay, so that means you want to have some sort of meaningful interaction with the guest that you are uh, trying to get a hold of before you ask to um, have them come on your show. And so you don't want to just cold call people and or cold email people or cold Twitter people or whatever. It, um, it's all the same thing. So you want to have some kind of meaningful interaction with them. And so I've been able to get a couple of pretty cool guests on. And so um, on one of my podcasts, I was able to interview Pat Flynn a while back, John Lee Dumas. I was able to interview here recently, Rory Vaden. Um, and so he's the author of two different best-selling books, and so I was able to get him. And in all those cases, I had interaction with them prior to asking them to be on the podcast. And so I had listened to several of the things that they've done. I've commented on their uh, respective websites. I've interacted a little bit on social media. And so I made sure that I, it, and when I was doing it at, at first, I wasn't intending on asking them for that. I was just trying to build that relationship and just have that interaction with them. But then it's like, Hey, I want to try to get them on my podcast. And so I already had built up that relationship with them. And so then I just asked. And so, and for a lot of them, that's all it took was just being able to ask them. Um, and then it was just a matter of if their schedule would be able to fit. And so, so don't cold call. And so that might work with, in some cases, um, some people don't mind too much. They just want to get their name out there and, uh, be able to have exposure and so forth. And so they don't necessarily mind uh, the cold call as much, uh, but there's plenty of people that do. And so best practice is don't cold call. Number two, make it easy for the other person to schedule the interview. And so um, I've had times when I was uh, working with people trying to figure out a time to uh, schedule an interview and we would go back and forth with uh, several emails and uh, try to see what would work, what wouldn't work. And we go back and forth for a while and it just takes extra time and it's extra effort on the guest part, especially you really want to respect their time um, since they are taking time to help you. Um, of course, your podcast hopefully should help them as well, but um, they're taking their time to be able to do this. And so you should make it as easy as possible for them. 
Uh, one thing I do, um, there's a website, schedulonce.com, I believe it is. Um, I'll make sure to have a link in the show notes just to be sure. Um, but anyway, that is a, and there's uh, several others that are similar to that, that help you be able to schedule, um, with different people. And so you can be able to go in there, you can make your settings, uh, set the times that you're available and then you can just be able to send people a link and then they can look at your schedule and easily find something that works for them. And so it eliminates a lot of the back and forth. And so, um, there's been times also that, um, I have that, I have mine set up, but then I've said, okay, here's the link to mine, unless you'd rather me use yours. Um, and so, and then, uh, they'll, they'll either just go on and they'll schedule through mine or they'll send me a link to theirs, uh, because then that's easier for them that way. So, um, you want to be able to make it as easy as possible for them to be able to schedule that interview. And with some guests, you may have to change your schedule um, if it's someone that you really want to have on and their schedule is um, really set. And so there's some people I know, um, like David Jackson, um, I'm trying to get him on the podcast again. He was back in uh, semester one with us, but I'm going to bring him back on again to be able to talk about um, a uh, a new thing that he's been working on um, for podcasting for free and to kind of talk about that experience and We'll also touch on some of the things with uh, his experience with being the director of the podcasting um, for New Media Expo. And so uh, trying to work with him, he has certain specific times that he can be able to work with people. And so he had so it so I have to change my schedule to be able to adapt to what he is able to do. And so uh, so, so anyway, sometimes you have to do that. But you want to make it easy for the other person as much as possible. And so number uh, three, you want to make it clear on how the interview will take place. And so this doesn't have to be long. Just confirm. Say, hey, okay, so this is going to take place via Skype. And so a lot of times for podcast interviews, that is a great default thing. And a lot of times the ideal way to be able to try to do an interview, that is if you can't do it in person. And so uh, because Skype provides usually a really good quality, as long as um, you have a good Internet connection, um, you can be able to get a great interview that way and you can get a higher quality than over the phone. And so but a phone could be an option. And so um, you just want to make it clear with the guest how the interview is going to take place. Number four, you want to make sure that you have the time zone right. And so this is one of those podcasters pitfalls um, because. Uh, it's very easy to get messed up when it comes to time zones. And so uh, don't assume that you know um, what time zone your guest is going to be in and assume that they understand what the difference is. And so one thing I do is I like to communicate in the time zone of the guest. And so when I was with Mark Sievercrop, he lives on the West Coast. He lives up in Washington. I live in Oklahoma. We're two time zones apart. Whenever I would communicate with him, I would communicate with him in his time zone. So I would say, okay, we're going to meet at six o'clock AM. And so, whereas the, for me, that's eight o'clock or whatever time it is that we decide to do it for that week. And so we would just, I would communicate in his time zone. Now that was a little easier for us because we both knew and understand what time zones we were in and there wasn't a question and uh, things like that. But there have been some times when I've worked with guests and uh, we were uh, one hour off uh, from each other or something like that. And so, um, so you just want to be mindful of that. And so I've, I've had some guests where uh, it's been um, overseas 
Um, and so it's more than just one or two time zones away. Um, and so you just really have to make sure that you uh, are mindful of that. Make sure that you confirm it with the guest and make sure that you are um, aware exactly of what time it is for your guests, what time it is for you, and that you get that right. Number five, you want to send a reminder before the interview. And so um, maybe like the day before, you can just send a quick reminder. Say, hey, just remember we have an interview tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Let me know if you have any questions, so forth like that. So the day before, that way, if they forget um, that, that hopefully that email reminder will remind them that, oh, yeah, tomorrow I have an interview at this time. And so that can help remind them on that, um, maybe even the morning of, maybe a couple hours before the interview, just a confirmation. Um, and so you don't want to spam them. So you don't want to like send a whole bunch of them because then they'll just get annoyed. Um, but just enough to kind of make sure that they remember that you're going to be speaking with them. And so and um, schedule once and some of the other uh, scheduling apps can be able to automatically do that for you. And so um, now with schedule once there are uh, there's a, a free version. Um, I believe there's still a free version. Um, so I got in on a free version at least. And then there's uh, several levels of paid um, ones there. And there's different things that are available at the different levels. And so the level I'm at doesn't automatically send the reminders out. Uh, but I think they have plans starting at like $5 a month or something like that. So this is something you could be doing on a regular basis. Uh, $5 a month could be a good investment uh, to be able to um, get some of these things set up and be able to have the email reminders automatically go, on, uh, go out for you. So you don't have to um, worry about that yourself, but you can still be able to send the reminder to help your guest out. Uh, number six, make sure that you're ready when it's time to start. And so uh, you want to make sure as much as possible that you're prompt. Uh, Cause one thing you want to respect your guest time. And so you want to make sure that you're ready to go when it's time so that they're not sitting there and waiting on you. Um, now, of course, I mean, we know life happens. Um, and so sometimes, uh, things mess up. Something happens to where, um, like your car has issues or you get stuck in traffic and you can't get back to, uh, to your recording studio, your house, whatever. Um, but for the most part, you should try to make sure that you're ready to go. Um, if all possible, try to make sure that your computer is all set, make sure everything is connected, make sure Skype is open and all that stuff is working properly. Um, even 15, 15, 30 minutes before the interview, that way, you know, you're all ready to go and you don't have to uh, worry about that last minute. And so uh, there's been times that that has uh, come to bite me and uh, it's not fun to be able to um, communicate with uh, the guest uh, five, 10 minutes after the interview and saying, yeah, I'm having trouble with this. Just give me a second. And, and so it's, it's kind of embarrassing and it's uh, disrespectful to their time as well. And so uh, most of the time that I've dealt with people, they've been gracious, um, at least um, verbally to me. And so, uh, but anyway, so it, it can just be a frustration. So you just want to be careful about that. Try to be ready whenever it's time to start. Number seven, uh, start with a little light conversation to ease the guests into the recording process. And so some of the people that you may have on your podcast may already be familiar and comfortable with audio recording and podcasts and things like that. Uh, but there's going to be several that they're a little uneasy um, about being recorded. And so there are some people I interviewed and I was the very first podcast they were ever on. And so it was a unique experience for them 
uh, to be able to do that. And so they needed a little bit of time to kind of warm up to it, um, to, to the idea of it. And so just kind of have a little bit of light conversation. You don't want to have it be excessive because again, you want to be mindful of their time. Um, and so you want to make sure that, but, but you want to make sure that they're comfortable enough with that. And then, uh, kind of going, um, over that number eight, give the guests a quick overview of what to expect. And so this is after you get on the call with them, you're doing a little bit of light conversation that you, start the transition into, okay, now this is what we're going to be going over in the interview or the conversation. And so just say, okay, here, we're going to talk about this and this and this and this. And so just let them know what to expect. That way um, it's not a surprise whenever um, you come to and you ask them a question and they're like, wait a minute, we weren't supposed to talk about this. Uh, So yeah, just make sure. um, And if there's any other questions or things that you need clarified beforehand, um, and probably with this, uh, make sure that you can pronounce your name correctly, um, because that's always a good thing. Um, just try to make sure to do that. And so just uh, make sure to cover all those things before you actually start the interview. Um, now, I mean, it's OK if you have the recorder um, going already. And so a lot of times um, my Skype is set to where as soon as I connect on a call, it automatically starts recording. And so um, that's, uh, as you see, already recording. It's just a matter then of saying, okay, now we're starting. Um, so anyway, so try to do that beforehand. Um, number nine, be mindful of the time. And so, um, again, you always want to be respectful of the guest, their time, and the effort that they're putting into this. Um, and so confirm the guest time again when you first get on the call just to make sure, okay, just to make sure, okay, we have 30 minutes right? And so you just confirm what you got. And so that way, you know how you can be able to gauge it. And so you know how much time that you need for the interview part. So that can kind of gauge um, that, okay, you can have, if you have a 20 minute interview, a 30 minute slide, okay, you have five minutes of uh, conversation beforehand, kind of setting things up, you have a 20 minute interview, and then a couple minutes at the end, just kind of wrap things up and make sure everything is um, good to go there. So just make sure that you're mindful of that time. The number 10, follow up with the guest afterwards. And so you definitely want to make sure that um, you don't just um, just have the interview with them and that's the last time you have contact with them. And so I've seen TV shows where uh, where the, the guy goes and he does all this work to try to convince a girl to go on a date with him and they go on a date and then he doesn't call. Um, it's not usually a good thing that happens with, with that. And so, uh, you, you wouldn't want that to happen to you if you were, um, expecting this great relationship, uh, with a person or at least some sort of relationship, and then there's nothing after the fact. And so you just feel used. And so you don't want to do that with your guests. So follow up after. And so you can send them an email, um, after the interview is done, just saying, Hey, thank you for, uh, being on the show. Thank you for the time. I'll let you know exactly when this is going out. Or if you already know, you can let them know. Um, and then, um, along with that, you want to still keep in touch with them on social media and different areas, uh, just so you can kind of keep that relationship going. Um, cause you don't, again, you don't want to just have it seal, seem like that you were just using them just for the interview. And then also, uh, but just before the interview goes live, um, it's a good idea to be able to contact them and let them know, Hey, thank you for the interview again. It's, uh, going to be coming tomorrow or later today or something like that. Um, here's the links that you need and then you could provide any other, uh, ways to make it easy to help them share, um, it as well, because that's a great benefit of having a guest on is being able to share that, um, have them share, 
um, about the episode as well. And usually they're they're pretty good and uh, willing to be able to do that because people like to share stuff about themselves. And so um, they're usually pretty good about that, but you want to make it easy for them to be able to do that. So anyway, just real quick uh, recap on these. Uh, number one, don't cold call. Make it easy for the other person to schedule the interview. Number three, make it clear on how the interview will take place. Number four, make sure you have the time zone right. Number five, send a reminder before the interview time. Number six, make sure you're ready when it's time to start. Number seven, start with a little light conversation to ease the guests into the recording process. Number eight, give the guests a quick overview of what to expect. Number nine, be mindful of time. And number 10, follow up with the guest afterwards. And so those are some of the tips that I have for working with guests. And so there's uh, probably a lot of other things that we can do, uh, getting into the nitty gritty of working with people. Um, and so, uh, but I think these are some great things to keep in mind to help you get started. And uh, we'll probably, I mean, as some of the things that we talk with, uh, some of these guests that we have on in this uh, semester, um, they kind of talk about some of the different things. And so they have additional tips as well. And so David Hooper is no exception. He has his own tips on working with guests and co-hosts. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and transition into the interview with David Hooper. And I hope you definitely enjoy the conversation with him. All right. Welcome to the show, David. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. Dad, I'm definitely glad to be able to uh, be able to talk to you again. And so we got to talk for a little bit there back in the fall, a little bit of a mini coaching session. And so definitely appreciate the insight that you gave uh, me during that time. And so uh, you are the co-host of the Red Podcast, Real Entrepreneur Development, and you with your wife, Laurel, you guys have a great podcast, um, and I love the way that you guys have formatted it. It's it's a little different than uh, some of the other ones, um, but it does a really good job, and I really love the way that you guys kind of launched it as well. So I kind of want you to kind of explain kind of your story of you have a radio background, so maybe kind of touch on that and then how you got into podcasting and where you got it there? Well, the radio background, I would use that loosely. I do have a syndicated radio show. And the reason I started that was because I was doing a music conference. That's my background is music business. I had a music conference in Nashville. It was one week out of the year. We'd work 51 weeks out of the year to prepare for that one week. And after about five years, I got over it. I just didn't want to work that hard. We were showcasing as many as 400 bands. And you can imagine with that kind of work, what it takes. So I went back into radio. I'd done radio in college and had a show post-college. I thought, this is a great way to market myself. Since I'm not going to do the music conference and have these thousands of people coming to town, I can still be an ambassador for myself and for the city I live in, which is Nashville. Got back into radio that way. And when I started Red Podcast, you mentioned our format, one of the reasons we did the format like we do is because on my syndicated show, I'm interviewing people all the time. Every single episode is an interview, hundreds of episodes, all of them interviewing. And people didn't know that I was actually a marketing guy, music marketing guy. They thought I was just a DJ. So when I got into the podcasting space, I said, I'm not going to let that happen again. I don't want to get into the <laughs> interview game where everybody else is the star but me. And somebody thinks I'm something that I'm not, so I'm going to show my knowledge and showcase my knowledge on the podcast by having no guests. And that's what we did the first 100 episodes. We bring in guests 
about every other week, well, once a week, we broadcast three times a week. So one out of every six might have a guest these days. Yeah, definitely appreciate that. Can you kind of uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, strategy behind how you launched the Red Podcast? I, I really thought it was unique the way you guys did that. The launch was a combination of what I had learned from radio and, again, being in the music business, we've been using iTunes for a long time, longer than anybody else, because music was the first thing that was for sale on iTunes. And I knew that if you got a lot of traffic to iTunes, a lot of reviews to iTunes, you could creep up the charts pretty rapidly. So when we launched Red Podcast, we actually had... I guess we had recorded some episodes in advance because we gang run the episodes. We do two or three at a time, edit those and space them out over days. But we had launched using a soft launch just on the website. It wasn't even available via iTunes or Stitcher or anything like that. So after 25 episodes, we went to iTunes, put them all up at once, and we had a... I guess I'll call it a contest. It was a giveaway, really. There was no contesting to it you just put your name in the hat and we would draw something and give you give it to you so we were giving away amazon tvs we were giving away chromecast kindles ipods all sorts of different electronics that we thought that entrepreneurs or podcasters would like books a lot of books audio books that kind of thing information marketing type things and uh, yeah, gave it away and went and partnered with a bunch of other podcasts and said, hey, here's Red Podcast. We're giving away. We let them feature the giveaway and we would give them a plug and we would cover all of the costs involved. We say, hey, do you want to give away a Kindle on our podcast? We'll pay for it. And they said, sure. And they would announce it. They would bring people over to us and we would give away a Kindle in their name. So that's, that's kind of the quick and dirty of the giveaway. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I was able to get a, I think it was just a one month subscription to Blinkist. But yeah, so, Blinkist came on. Yeah, yeah, we went to not, awesome. not only podcasters, but we went to uh, sponsors and were able to work out deals for them to give away their goods too. I forgot about that. Yeah, Blinkist is great, like an audio book or a book summary service. Yeah, that definitely was good. And so I wasn't able to afford to be able to get their paid thing, but I, I'm starting to get some cash flow now. So I'm planning on trying to go back to that because it was really good to be able to get the uh, get the blinks. And so especially now that they're offering audio. Uh, blinks with that now too so but anyway so what i wanted to do is kind of kind of tap into your experience with interviewing and working with guests and so um, not just interview per se only but also to just working with a co-host now that you're working with laurel on a regular basis and so you guys have to have uh, some sort of system or way that you guys work together and so just uh just kind of whatever you think are the 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 best things to keep in mind when working with guests? Well, the guest is different than a co-host, so let me separate that question into two different okay. questions. With the guest, the most important thing that you can do is do your preparation. Don't just show up. And We call those the, the boxers or briefs interviews. When Being in the music business, when we'd send a musician into the radio, you could always tell when the host or the DJ hadn't done his work because he would say, well, uh, you know, ACDC, boxers or briefs, here, here, here. And trying to be funny, but you know, it doesn't really help the band. It doesn't help the musician. It makes the DJ look like he hasn't done his his prep. So one of the things that you need to do is uh, prep beforehand. Do research on the guests as much as you can. I like to do when I'm on the actual physical radio, the uh, broadcast radio. We do what we call a pre-interview, 
And that involves me calling the person up a few days ahead of time, sometimes a day ahead of time, and just having a conversation where I'll say, hey, tell me about yourself, and I'll just listen. No specific questions. We're not trying to go over any kind of strategy, but I'll listen to what the guest has to say. I'll come up with what I feel is kind of a hook. I'll outline some basic questions, and it's not really questions so much as it is topics like I want to cover this I want to cover this album I want to cover this period of this person's career I want to cover this element and and uh, create a story arc then I'll go back in and before we actually take that person into the radio studio which can be very intimidating and even a podcast can be intimidating for people you might have found that Josh when you're talking to somebody just normally before the interview, and once you hit that record button, you said, all right, we're rolling, they sort of freeze up. Mm-hmm. So before we take somebody into the radio studio where there's not just me, but there's an engineer and there's a producer who's flashing all sorts of signs at me, like a sign language thing to let me know what I need to do, come out of this segment, ID, wrap it up, whatever. That can be intimidating for the guests. We try to get the guests as relaxed as possible, and we'll hang out a little bit before the show, maybe 30 minutes, kind of get them laid back. And uh, even for the mic check, when we get in there, the engineer, the last thing he asked was he asked uh, the guest to talk about his first car. But we do different things just to kind of get people talking and get people uh, you know, laid back and roll that tape, and it's a much better product rather than trying to be intimidating. I think sometimes hosts try to intimidate guests, and try to pull like, oh, I'm a host, and I'm, you know, I'm the big shot, and that doesn't give you the interview that you want usually. Interesting. Yeah, my first car was a '94 Hyundai Excel hunch, uh, <laughs> hatchback, but, uh, but anyway, that was a. Uh, You're young, man. Ago. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, <laughs> I was well over 16 in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> but about the co-host, you, you mentioned one of the great things about being. A co-host with your wife is that you're living in the same house and we just have a studio that we built out in the house and we're able to actually get in the same room, see each other and hang out. And that's actually how the podcast started. We were having these entrepreneurial discussions. She was running her business and I was running mine and we were having conversations one time over at dinner. And she said, you know, we should really tape these conversations and put them out as a podcast. I said, okay. So came up with the name right there at dinner and there you go. That's how Red was born. Now, I definitely appreciate the way that you've kind of uh, experimented with with your format. You mentioned that you kind of stayed the same with just you and Laurel for the first hundred, and then you kind of branched off. I know somewhere there you also played around with some solo episodes, which when you did that, you said it was the first time you'd done solo. Yeah, after 10 years, I finally got the guts to do a solo episode. Yeah. (laughs) So can can you, uh, with your experience, and I know a lot of it has to do with personality and things like that too, but what's your favorite format that kind of podcast with you know i really love getting in there with laurel we're a good team personally and professionally i think she has strengths that i don't have and we can balance each other out so that's a lot of fun but the thing i I am most excited about is those solo episodes and i don't know if it's because i haven't done a lot of them it's something that i'm learning it's the experimentation it's brand new to me but one of the reasons I know that I like it is because you've got control and I've got things that I want to say and it gives me an opportunity to say those things without worrying about a guest or worrying about a co-host that might take me off track. It's easy to get your message out there. It's also easier to edit because you've got a single track and I only have to worry about myself. 
With that said, and this is coming with a background of 10 years in radio, I just got this feedback right before I hopped on here with you, strangely enough, is a guy that we're working with. He goes, hey, I thought I'd give you feedback on Red Podcasts, and I know you're doing these solo episodes, but I can tell when you're reading. That was the feedback. I was like, oh, ouch. So in, in radio, what we say, we say there's the episode that you plan to give, there's the episode that you give, and there's the episode that you wish you had given. And what I was finding is when I would go in there with just bullet points or just an idea and just go off the top of my head, that's very difficult. So I started scripting things out a little bit more. But this feedback was telling me, no, don't script it out. Don't script it out. It sounds like you're reading. It comes off a little bit more stiff, and it's a, lo- a lot more natural when you're just talking. And I don't know if you found that out, Josh, but reading is a completely different skill set than actually talking. And Mm -hmm. the guys that can do it without you knowing that they're reading, amazing. So that's something that I've got to work on. You're constantly getting feedback. And I really appreciated that feedback. And I appreciate the feedback that we get even when it's not great. I don't want a bunch of people telling me that I'm great. I've seen that in the music business. When people tell you that you're great, if you're not great, and even if you are, you, you start getting lazy. And then you get kicked to the curb sometimes when it really matters. Look at American Idol with those terrible singers that sometimes they let slip through there. Everybody on there thinks that they're great. They actually have a shot at winning. But some people just aren't ready for it. And it's that negative feedback, if you want to call it that, is what enables us to get better if we're open to it. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of that feedback. And, and I think that it's the thing that energizes me knowing that I've got a little bit more to go. I haven't done all I want to do in radio or podcasting, definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that there about it. When you only get good feedback, you don't know where you're supposed to grow from there and be able to what you can work on. And so when you get the little bit of negative feedback here and there, it lets you know that you can be able to work on something to get a little bit better. Yeah, not so. just that. I think from a marketing standpoint, if everybody loves you, you're not reaching enough people. Not everybody is going to like everything. And to take it to a music business example, the number one record of all time, the most sales ever, Thriller by Michael Jackson. That's a ton of albums, a lot. A lot of people have it. But there are a lot of people, even if as popular as Michael Jackson has been and is, and as many albums as that album sold, a lot of people don't like that album. They just don't because you're not going to please everybody. And I think that's something for all entrepreneurs, all marketers, all people to get clear on that not everybody is going to like what you do. And it's a good sign that you're at least reaching people when you do get that feedback. Very true. Now, is there any uh, last uh, last words that you'd like to give maybe to someone that is um, just getting started with podcasting, maybe uh, something they should watch out for? I think the best thing to do for somebody who has not started a podcast yet is to jump in. I would suggest doing something similar to what we did with Red, which is to record 25 episodes. And if you're not happy with those episodes, if you don't like the sound of your voice, you think that your skills are going to get better, I think that it's okay to record them. That would probably be the biggest advice. If you're not doing something live, you can always go back and record it. Because I, I think it's like one of those things like painting the bridge. If you were to go paint the Golden Gate Bridge, you start at one end and end at the other end. And by the time you get to the finished end, you've got to start all over again because the paint on the front end has... Uh, lost its luster a little bit. And podcasting is the same way. By the time you get to that 25th episode, it's going to sound a whole lot different. Who you are now is going to be a whole lot different than that first episode. And it's okay to go back and change some of those things up. And then you can release a really good product. I try not to ever release something that I'm completely 
dissatisfied with. I'm always going to be a little bit dissatisfied, but if something's wrong, it's okay to go back in and tweak it. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with David Hooper. And so I know I definitely appreciated being able to talk with him. And uh, with that, I just want to go ahead and just give a couple quick reminders as we close out here. I'm not going to take long. Um, but a remind you that if you are in the Oklahoma area and you're interested in coming to this podcasting summit, the Oklahoma Business Podcasting Summit on April 25th, visit okpodsummit.com. Uh, tickets are $40. There's a small uh, handling fee um, for that. I think it's like $3. Uh, so it's like $43 uh, for that. Um, and there uh, is a limited amount of space. There's only 50 spots that we can be able to have for this. And so um, definitely want to take advantage of this quickly. And so I know there's going to be an email blast going out to a whole bunch of uh, local businesses here. Um, so if you want to get in, you need to do that quickly. I'll be able to get in there. And so uh, definitely appreciate that. And then also, again, I do uh, some work with podcasters and helping um, be able to produce some different podcasts. And so if you're interested in finding out more and seeing if I can work with you, you can go to podcastguide.co. And again, if you want the show notes for the things in this episode, you can go to creativestudio.academy slash three dash five. And again, hope you have a great time. And I look forward to working with you on your podcast. And we'll see you next time.